Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Southern Spectre Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Isaiah, and thanks for listening. So, here we are in 2021, a whole new year. Let's sure hope and pray that this one turns out a lot better better than the last one did. So, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and get right to it. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, no news for you. Um, but anyway, we're going to go ahead and get into the, today's story. And just like last year, we've all been on road trips. And 2020 just seems like a really long road trip one where you can't get out of the car you can't change direction and no matter how hard you try you are on a journey of endless peril so that's what today's episode is about and you'll see more more and more what i mean what we're going to talk about today is the most haunted roads in america so you know what to do it's time to pull up a chair Settle in and cozy up for the Southern Spectre Podcast. Enjoy. The first roads to ever be made for transportation were made by animals, and the earliest record of these roads date all the way back to 6000 B.C., and were located somewhere around Jericho. The first constructed roads go as far back as 4000 BC, and stone was used to pave these roads. These were located in Ur in Iraq, and roads made of timber have been found preserved in the swamps near Glastonbury, England. Around 3500 BC in Mesopotamia, evidence has shown that some of the first wheels weren't used for transportation at all, but as potter's wheels. This took place 300 years before someone said, hey, let's ride around on these things, and the chariot was born. So with our newfound way of travel, the demand for paved roads became more prominent. In today's modern age of technology, where most roads are paved and quite comfortable for travel, it's hard to sit back and think of all the history and happenings that have occurred on our roadways over time. If these roads could talk, who knows what they may have to share with us. Now, for whatever reason or another, some spirits, ghosts, specters, cryptids, and a host of other paranormal happenings seem to be infatuated with our highways. Many a sightings and occurrences have been sworn to happen on interstates, secondary roads, and even lonesome old dirt roads. If the paranormal can attach itself to a location, home, object, or person, then it's no doubt the same rings true for the roads we travel. So on today's episode, we'll take a closer look at some of the most haunted roads in America. The first road on our list is now known as Route 491. Route 491 begins in Monticello, Utah, and heads south to the city of Gallup, New Mexico. This stretch of highway has become known as one of the most haunted highways in America, and for good reason. The highway is located in the area known as the Four Corners. For those unfamiliar, the Four Corners refers to the states of Utah, Colorado, Arizona, 
and New Mexico. Not necessarily the entire state, only specific geographical locations in each state where this highway runs through. You see, this road once operated under a different highway number, but in 2003, it was changed to what it is today, Route 491. This road was once known as Highway 666, or the Devil's Highway. Back when it was known as the Devil's Highway, all the traffic accidents that occurred along this road were said to be due to the highway's devilish number it was given. Due to its former number, 666, it said evil would lurk around every corner, just awaiting unsuspecting motorists. Legend says that the number of accidents and deaths dramatically decreased once the highway's number was changed. It's as if the highway's former assigned number had summoned evil spirits. One of the more popular stories of the Devil's Highway and unexplainable tales revolves around the tale concerning a dark, ominous black sedan. It said the black sedan would take charge at motorists along this road. Those who have traveled this road claim that as the sun sets low, their heart rate and fear loom high. Witnesses have claimed to see headlights approaching from behind at an alarmingly high rate of speed. Some say they speed up, and even going as fast as their vehicle would allow, they can't seem to shake the car from behind. Some say they pulled over to allow the car to pass, only to discover there was never a car there to begin with. Is this the highway and the desert messing with people's minds? Then there are those that claim that they were chased down the highway by what is known as the Hounds of Hell. Vicious devil dogs that are said to run just as fast as any vehicle regardless of speed. The hounds have been blamed for a number of accidents and lives lost. Some folks suggest that these darling pets of Satan have teeth so sharp they'll tear a rolling tire to bits. So agile and lethal, they'll run you down and may even jump into your vehicle's window, mauling you to death. Of course, as with all vehicles, you're bound to run into a bit of roadside trouble from time to time. Whether it be a flat tire or your radiator's overheating, none of us are excused from the hazards of the road. Not even St. Michelin, the patron saint of good tread, could save us from that fate. Those that have encountered these sort of hiccups along this road and had the unfortuitousness of having to pull over swear to have had a run-in with an evil spirit driving a semi-truck. The evil spirit seems to be aiming at those along the highway, hitting and almost hitting innocent bystanders while they wait patiently in their vehicles. By far, the most famous of all the sightings found along the Devil's Highway is none other than the Skinwalker. Derived from Native American culture and beliefs, the Skinwalkers are part of a group of people with the ability to shapeshift into animals. Some Indians believe the medicine men to be Skinwalkers. Spirits of the Skinwalkers are said to roam along this highway, quickly shapeshifting themselves into an assortment of various animals and appear in front of vehicles as they traveled, causing the driver to swerve 
often resulting in unfortunate accidents. Legend also says that the skinwalkers appear to traveling motorists as a warning not to travel the highway any further as they believe this land is still theirs. Upon not heeding these warnings, the evil spirit of shaman will manifest themselves in the motorist vehicle, usually the back seat, and collect the driver's soul by way of the shaman's magic creating some sort of deadly accident. Another unexplained occurrence that seems prevalent along this highway is strange disappearances of individuals never to be seen or heard from again. Vehicles and personal belongings have been located, but the person in question is nowhere to be found and has seemingly vanished without a trace. Some of these people that have strangely vanished have also reappeared, having no memory of the events that unfolded during their absence. Some have stayed gone for extended periods of time, several hours or even several days. Some travelers have claimed that they traveled the highway only to arrive much, much later than they anticipated. How on earth could the trip possibly get longer? And of all the spirits and evil that seem to dwell along Highway 666, there is one spirit who is nothing like the rest. It is the spirit of a young girl who is oftentimes seen standing alongside the road in a white gown. Although not reported to be aggressive or hostile, she is said to be quite unusual. Noted as having a sad expression causing concern for the passerby to stop and check on her. Upon approach of the little girl, she simply disappears. So what exactly is causing these events to be unfolded along this highway? What has spilled out into the ether from our world into theirs like a beacon calling them here? Some say it's the highway's original number that manifested these are evil spirits. Others seem to think it's the possibility of being constructed on sacred Indian land. Whatever the cause, you won't find this old boy traveling down it anytime soon. And since this episode is focused on the open road, who better to share their experiences than the commercial truck driver? So here's a few spooky truck driver stories for you. Enjoy. Pulled over for a break on the way to Melbourne from Sydney at a truck stop. No street lights or anything. Pitch black. No other trucks or cars at the stop. I turn off my lights. I switch the truck off do the curtains, lock the truck from both sides, jump into bed, set my alarm and set my phone above me in the compartment. I was rolling over from side to side for about five to ten minutes. I couldn't get to sleep due to it being prime summer temperatures reaching around 30 degrees at night. I'm looking up at the ceiling, mentally planning out the day ahead. Suddenly, the passenger side door opens up slowly cabin light turns on what the now the truck is fairly a late model and in pristine condition so there's no question about the door being faulty or anything i just sat there for what felt like eternity 
expecting someone to come up and see me sitting there with the solid rod in my hand that we used for tightening belts. No one came up, nor was there any noise at all. Just quiet, eerie silence. I grabbed my torch and I jumped down and walked around the truck. No other trucks were around, nor were there any cars. It was just me and my fully loaded B-double. After around five to ten minutes of getting effed around with, I locked up and went to bed again. I woke up next morning, yawned, fixed myself up along with the bed, opened the curtains and, well, there's a cemetery next to the stop where I parked. Hunger and laziness all escaped upon realization. I grabbed my keys, F putting on these shoes, F putting on these pants, I switched the truck on and just got the F right out of there, ASAP. If you couldn't tell, that was my Australian accent. One of my good friends from middle school had a stepfather who was a truck driver for a good amount of time. He was a tough SOB. I never saw him not look like he could kill someone, except one time, when he told us why he stopped driving trucks. He was on a long trip from somewhere down in Texas to Boise, Idaho. By the time he hit the freeway close to Boise, he had already been up for 24 hours. Either way, I don't believe he could have seen this coming. Outside of Boise, he was driving late at night as the fastest legal speed went out of nowhere. He sees someone sit straight up in the middle of the road. He didn't have enough time to even hit the brakes. Not that it would have helped. She was decapitated on the spot. He later found out she was tweaked out. I don't think even if he wasn't sleep deprived, he would have seen her lying in the road. From what the police could gather, she walked out there, sat down, and eventually fell asleep in the road. No one knows who she was or how she got that far out. Here's a trucker story from the extended family. An uncle used to drive a lot and he always came back with the most weirdest stories ever. While every family member knew his story, there was one story he told and warned each and every one of us about, even to me when I was six or so. Moral of the story is to never stay during night in the desert alone. It seems once he drove to Chile, he had a contract and the way there was okay. I made the travel myself later in life. It's beautiful. Whenever he was done, he usually spent a few bucks on booze. But this time, due to a family gathering, he wanted to come back as soon as possible. So instead of drinking in some bar, he decided to sleep a bit at the Atacama Desert. Well, it's a desert, and he had parked way outside the road and a few miles before the next village. He sleeps and wakes up on someone singing. He's confused and thinks it's the radio but the radio isn't on. Then the singing stops, and it sounds more like a scream for help. That's when he wants to get out and help, but still he's confused. He said he started the motor and the lights to see where and who was there. He also opened the window a bit and yelled, asking what happened. It was nothing, and right then when he decides to get out anyway, he catches some movement in the corner of where the lights end. It looked like a woman, but the face was pitch black. He freaks out and drives away, nonstop, until he reaches home. Whatever he saw, or thought he saw, every time he told the story, his face went pale. 
Even my grandmother commented on how he was usually a very jolly guy, but whatever happened in the Atacama Desert freaked him totally out. About three to four years ago, my dad and I took a 25-hour journey from Southern California to McAllen, Texas. Mexus, as some call it. This was late November, around 5 to 6 p.m., still plenty of light outside. This white car that appeared to be fresh off the lot, no numbers on the plate, just the dealership plates, starts pulling in front of us repeatedly and cutting us off amidst the freeway traffic. The windows were heavily tinted so you couldn't see who was inside. It was pretty irritating. They continued to do this, so we sped up and eventually lost them. It began growing dark outside. I was tired, and I fell asleep as my dad continued driving. At this point, the freeway was pretty empty. We had passed the major cities in Texas. There was nobody else on the road. I wake up at about 1.30 a.m., because I could feel our car alternately speeding the flip up and slowing down. I sat up and rubbed my eyes and noticed we were alone on the freeway. Wait, holy crap, was that the same white car behind us? I look at my dad who didn't say a word, but continued driving very seriously. My dad's a very confident driver, macho man type guy. We were going up to 110 miles an hour. This white car would match our speed, then quickly switch lanes and pull right in front of us over and over again. When we'd slow down, they'd slow down. When we sped up, so did they. This is some pretty scary stuff when you're in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. Obviously, I'm panicking. I was 19. Like, what's happening? Are we going to be okay? I don't know what they're trying to do. It's like a game of cat and mouse, my dad says. I guess this has been going on for at least 30 minutes or so. So my dad decides to end this once and for all. He starts gunning it way fast, close to 117, 120, until they're completely out of sight, which works. He takes the closest exit, pulls off the road. We went under an underpass. He switches off the lights, kills the engine, takes a gun out of his center console, gets out of his car, and just stands there. My dad is a very calm, stoic man, he's an ex-cop, who never shows emotion. I was convinced we were both going to die, or I was going to be brutally kidnapped by the cartel or something. About two minutes later, slowly, slowly, I hear gravel beneath wheels. My heart freezes, and I see the white car, eerily, slow, exit the freeway and turn the corner in the road towards us. The light shined directly on us under the overpass, illuminating my dad, firmly positioned, both hands on his gun, pointed directly at them. They just passed us, continued their slow drive down the road towards the gas station. We immediately turned the car around, went back to the freeway, booked the hell out of the gas pedal, and never saw them again. Many years ago, I was on what is called a meet and turn. This is where a driver that is domiciled out of one city will drive a load halfway to its destination, 
while I drive her domiciled out of that destination will drive halfway with a load that is destined for my city. We meet in a parking lot, switch trailers, and drive back home. I had been on this run for a few months and I found that I always got to the meet point about an hour before the other driver. It was a dark and empty dirt lot at about 3 a.m., so I would stretch out across the seat and take a short nap. One night, about 10 minutes into my nap, I was awoken by a barking dog. I tried to ignore it, but it carried on for several minutes and got louder as the dog got closer. Soon it became apparent that the dog was right outside of my truck barking at me. Okay, either this dog is lassie and is trying to alert me to something or else he is just a pain in my behind and I will need to throw something at him to scare him off. It is important to note that the barking had been going on for a good 10 minutes at this point. So I sat up and looked out my window, standing there, mere inches on the other side of the glass, was a man of about 35. He was a large fellow and was barking at me. His eyes were crazy and he was frothing at the mouth a little. The scene really held my full attention for a moment. The sheer creepiness of this struck me, gently and making an absolute minimum of sudden movements. I reached down, started my truck, and slowly pulled away. He chased me, much like you might expect an angry dog to do, barking all the while. Needless to say, it played hell with my power naps from then on. Well, I hope you really enjoyed those little true tales of terror right there first-hand accounts from weird and odd things happening out on the highway so now we turn our attention to new jersey now we move on to our next haunted highway for this one we head to new jersey of course probably the most famous legend surrounding this state would be the jersey devil who roams about the pine barrens however that's a different story so today, we'll be discussing Clinton Road of New Jersey. Clinton Road is located in West Milford, Passaic County, New Jersey. Running in a north to south direction, the road begins at Route 23 in Newfoundland and spans approximately 10 miles to Upper Greenwood Lake. There are several occurrences and unexplained phenomena associated with the road and many a strange tale and legend to tell. Over the years, the Clinton Road's notoriety has only grown with sightings of ghosts, cryptids, and some claim to have witnessed gatherings of witches, satanic cults, and even a recorded case of a dead body found in the woods. One local police chief has gone on record as saying, quote, It's a long, desolate stretch and makes the imagination go nuts. End quote. A heavily wooded area with almost no houses or evidence of civilization whatsoever. It gives most people the immediate creeps. You have plenty of time to build that courage as you wait at the stoplight at Route 23 and Clinton Road as it holds the notorious record for being the longest light in America. Along Clinton Road, you'll encounter a cursed Druid temple. Actually, no, 
but stories and rumors would have you to believe this. Actually, this is the old Clinton furnace. The story that this was indeed a Druid temple has stuck over the years, and so this area has been fenced off due to those that feel this is a great place to hold their ceremonies, and of course, the occasional ghost hunter or two. Next on our journey, we come to Ghost Boy Bridge near the Clinton Reservoir and an incredibly sharp Dead Man's Curve. It's here at this deadly Dead Man's Curve that some other strange occurrences are said to have happened. The ghosts of the dangerous curve are said to be visible if you drive up to it at midnight, then turn off your car lights. It is also said that on the island in the center of the reservoir, there are many satanic rituals, including KKK happenings taking place involving animal sacrifices. During my research for Clinton Road and Ghost Boy Bridge, I discovered that there is no universal story behind the legend of the Ghost Boy Bridge, but several variations, as is the case with most tales and legends. Some say a young boy had been playing on the bridge and fell in and drowned. Others say the young boy was actually walking along the bridge, came across a quarter, and when he reached down to pick it up, he was hit and killed by a vehicle barreling around the dead man's curve. Whichever version you decide to believe, two things are constant in this story. Number one, there is most definitely a little boy. Number two, he seems to have a thing about quarters. Several different accounts of what happens here are just about as varied as the legends that surround the bridge. Legend says that if you throw a quarter into the water from the bridge, that it'll be thrown back. Others say you have to come back the next day, and the ghost boy will have returned the quarter to the bridge overnight. Then there's the one about if you throw a quarter in and peer over the side of the bridge that the ghost boy will actually try to push you in the water in an attempt to save you from getting struck by oncoming vehicles. Here's a few first-hand accounts about the ghost boy bridge on Clinton Road from weirdnewjersey.com. Dina says, My friends and I decided to find out for ourselves what is true and what is not. We went to the bridge and threw a quarter off. Not but a minute later, you hear the bloop, as if you dropped the quarter in again. The water filled with ripples and a child's reflection appeared. I flew back to the car that scared all of us. Anonymous writes, Yesterday at 8 p.m., me and my friend Mike were going to a movie at the drive-in. We took Clinton Road. We stopped on the bridge, and he told me all the stories about the boy being killed and all. So I threw a quarter off the edge, and we drove away. On the way home, at 11.30, we passed over the bridge and stopped because Mike wanted to point out the kid's name on the side of the bridge. Just when he said the kid's name, a quarter or something, metal was thrown hard against the window of the car. We were shocked for a minute, but then we drove away. I am not going on that road for a very long time. Another haunted spot along Clinton Road is known as Cross Castle. Foundation remains of where a castle once stood can be found along the road in these spooky woods. The structure was built in 1905 by Richard Cross for his family as a means of housing. 
Cross Castle became victim to a fire in the 20th century, where part of it was destroyed. When the walls of the castle were all that remained, it was once a hotbed for the occult and satanic ceremonies, not to mention all two hormonal teenagers looking for a bit of seclusion. Over the years, people have reported going into seizures and strange bruises appearing on their bodies, even those that say they've had strange, disturbing visions after their visit. Some think these rituals still occur today, so might not want to slow down too much for this one. Here's some eyewitness accounts of strange happenings around Cross Castle along Clinton Road from WeirdNewJersey.com. Brian R. writes, One time, when a bunch of us climbed up the walls, we did see something. We were up there and saw two white figures. They were about a hundred yards away from our friends on the ground. They couldn't see them from their vantage point. They came to within a hundred yards of the group and then disappeared into the woods. When we got back to terra firma, we told them about it, and that's when the story started coming. There was instantly talk about an albino village in the woods. Sly C writes, Two friends, brothers who will I call, John and Bill, regularly took excursions through areas of West Milford known for their legends. They were driving down Clinton Road, both noticed a bonfire near Cross Castle. As they drew closer, they saw a group of people dressed in robes around a bonfire. They could make out the leader, who was dressed in typical KKK regalia. One of the members of this meeting spotted them and called out to stay where they were. Of course, John and Bill took off to their car and left. Their hooded friends got into their vehicles and began chasing them. John and Bill said they were wielding shotguns. G.J.R. writes, After one night of hearing tales, me and six others decided to go to the castle. As we got up the dirt road that wound up to the castle, we parked the cars, got out, lit a fire, and drank some beer. After a half hour, we began to hear chanting and chains rattling. One of the girls started to go into a seizure. Three of us tried to move her, but to no avail. It was like she was nailed to the rock. Then the chanting stopped. The girl came around. We all looked at each other like, what the hell is going on here? Scott writes, I had a friend who lived near Clinton Road. He used to take me on May Day and Halloween's Eve to spy on Wiccans practicing in the areas near his house. The proof I have is more than a kid's flashback of witches. It pertains to what was transcribed on the walls of Cross Castle and how a historical fact about the writing will reveal that a Satanist movement was using the area for their practices. It was a nice afternoon in 1977. We decided to get our packs, a tent, and a rifle to spend the night up in the woods. I took a journal along with me. When we came upon the castle, we were amazed, as always, at how it stood out in the woods. We entered it and were shocked to learn that someone had put up two huge boards with words spelled out in red paint. The nature of the writing intrigued me, so I copied down what the walls proclaimed, and my friend snapped a picture. 
The journal stayed in a box until six months ago when after my wife's death, I was going through everything and read it. What was once scribbled down in my youth was now revealed as one of the writings of Anton LaVey of the Church of Satan. I went to a local bookstore to match my journal with the Lex Satanicus. I concluded that the tales about Clinton Road were seriously understated. The Satanists who practiced there were no joke, but a local grotto of people using dark forces to bring forth their evil reign. Now when I go to Clinton Road, I look at everything in a different light. Well, with all these visitors to Clinton Road over the years, it wouldn't be complete without some of our friends of the extraterrestrial variety. Steve writes, After we went around Dead Man's Curve, we suddenly saw a huge flash in the sky and a triangular disk. This thing was big, damn big in the sky, and was hovering over the trees about 250 feet in the air. My friends and I always said we would pull over if we saw a UFO, but we were too scared. After about five minutes, it disappeared, and we took off. And don't forget those strange lights. Jay Radical says, We were at Clinton Road one night. As we went further, we saw lights, hundreds of them, on both sides of the road. Blue ones, red ones, white ones. We got so freaked out. As we went 75 miles per hour on this 35 mile per hour road, the lights would keep up with us. If we stopped in the middle of the road, they would stay there on each side. Suddenly, they vanished. Then, of course, you have the wildlife roaming about Clinton Road. Amy says, I never thought that my first trip to Clinton Road would be horrifying. As we were turning, in the bushes appeared to be a grayish, whitish wolf with red and yellowish eyes. Later on, no joke, my friend told me about his first trip where he also saw a grayish, whitish wolf with red and yellowish eyes running in the bushes. Kelly B. says, One legend states that Cross Castle rebuilds itself every October 30th, and the KKK sacrifices a goat. I get scared every time I go down the road that leads to that area, because the one time I went down there, a strange figure chased our truck out of Clinton. When I got a good look at it, I screamed and told my friend to drive faster. It was a dog of some sort, but it was floating, not running. Ryan O. says, One night, my sister and her friend were driving down Clinton Road when my sister's friend says, What is that? My sister looks, and there was a monkey. They were both freaked out. Monkeys aren't common to West Milford. Jessica says, After once through this 10-mile road, nothing had happened. So we went back and checked out a dirt side road. Nothing was around except for dense woods. It felt very eerie. And the trespassers will be shot on sight sign did not ease my mind. That's when I noticed something walking toward our car. All eight of us saw the same thing. An animal of some sort. We went 60 down this off-road. 
with this animal on our backs. Finally, we got back on Clinton Road and got pulled over by a cop, and the animal had disappeared. People say it's a hellhound or the Jersey Devil. All I know is that it was not human. And of course, don't forget the ghostly vehicles traveling along this road as well. Mike says, This girl was racing down Clinton Road toward Route 23 in her blue 1988 Chevy Camaro. She slammed right into the cement divider on the sharpest turn on Clinton Road and was killed instantly. If you tell someone else the story of the accident while driving down Clinton Road, you will see a blue 1988 Chevy Camaro drive by. When my friend Vince told me this story, we saw headlights in the distance, and when the car passed, we made it out to be the Camaro. Oh yeah, did I mention the Ghost Rangers on patrol? Anonymous writes, Hanging out at the old castle was great. Much further up the road on the right, there are trails that go up the mountain to a lake called Terrace Pond. The pond was crystal clear and great for swimming. We used to camp up there. We had a really weird occurrence that happened to us. We were camping one night around 1 a.m. and two park rangers noticed our fire walked over to us. They were concerned about the fire, the drinking, etc. We asked if our vehicles would be okay where they were and asked if they would be ticketed. They said they were fine and no tickets would be carried out. In the morning, we ventured down the mountainside and approached our cars and they had two summonses per car. West Milford Police and Newark Watershed Authorities approached us and we asked them about the park rangers and they looked bewildered. We then told them that we were speaking with two younger men and they said that we were okay to stay in camp. Our vehicles were okay and we would not be fined. One of the Newark Watershed Authorities replied, What did these park rangers look like and what were they wearing? We described their appearance, and the authority told us that there were no park rangers patrolling the property anymore, and the two men we saw that night were killed on patrol in 1939. We did not know what to say. Did we imagine this? Why was the authority questioning the description? Did he know these men when they were alive? Are we the only people that have encountered these rangers? And of course, you can't possibly forget about the witches in these parts. Ron S. writes, After high school, I started working in Chilton Hospital's emergency room, the night shift. One Saturday night, an ambulance brought in a woman kicking and screaming with third-degree burns on her legs. She was high on heroin and claimed to be a witch. I asked the ambulance driver where they found her. Walking along Route 23 near Clinton Road, he said. She was up there with a group of people worshipping Satan when they decided to throw her into a bonfire. After we gave her something to bring her down from the drugs, she became violent to the point where I had to tie her down with the restraints. She was yelling things like, My powers are too strong for you, and I'm going to crawl into your mind. Well, it must have worked, because I haven't forgotten about her yet. And finally, an actual murder. Tim writes, Reading some of your Clinton Road stories made me think of a story a guy I worked with went through. 
He was riding his bike along Clinton Road when a huge bird suddenly flew out of the woods right in front of him and flew off. He was very startled, so he stopped and got off his bike. He started walking into the woods, and another bird came flying out. He thought he recognized the bird type. They were vultures. Trying to figure out why vultures would be flying around in the middle of nowhere, he walked farther into the woods. He came across a large bag, so he walked over to it and started to open it. He saw a human head inside. This shook him up a little, so he ran back to the road and started biking out to get a cop. He flagged a passing car who then notified the cops. This started a long string of events in the police investigation involving a mob rubout leading to a murder arrest. And last, Bob E. writes, I've had many weird experiences up on Clinton Road. I was coming home one night with a friend, and we approached the curve located in the middle of Clinton Road. There, laying in the road, was someone in a body bag. The blood could be seen on the bag. I put the car in reverse and went back the way I came. We called the police. They found nothing. No blood, no body, no trace of anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, I strongly urge each of you to stay away from roads such as Clinton Road. I myself have never been here, although it sounds like many strange things happen here. And I, for one, would not want to travel here anytime. If you go looking for trouble, it just might find you. If you do have the sense of adventure along with the courage to travel any of these roads that we've talked about this episode, then please take heed and stay safe. Don't travel alone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode, and this is the newest episode of the new year. I want to thank each and every one of you for taking a listen. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm going to do my best to keep up the good work on this side. Um, I know we covered a lot of information. I hope it wasn't too much for you, and I really hope you enjoyed it. So if you'd like to follow me on social media, check me out on Facebook at the Southern Spectre Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at the Southern Spectre. Until next time, y'all be safe. Love you.